Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Rob Peace. And Jack Malcolm. Uh, from Peace in the City, Greece. So we're here to talk about our new favorite song, Betsy. Hello and welcome to your new favorite song, a podcast brought to you by the Enrons, where each week we will feature a recently released song from an independent artist. My name is Bernard Dennis and I will be your host. Today I'm speaking to Rob Peace and Jack Malcolm of Peace and the City Grease about their song, Betsy. Hello guys. Hey, how <laughs> you going? Hey, it's like we never even met before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a little bit of technical difficulties, I guess on my part. More yeah, or less, no you problem. guys were, you guys were always the singer, huh? Yeah, it's always the singer. <laughs> always the singer. <laughs> okay, so before the interview, I uh, send the guest a list of questions from which they select three for me to ask them at the beginning of the show in order to get to know them better. So here is the first question for Rob and Jack. Which is your best feature? You, you know, uh, I'll think about this. It's uh, for me. I think that my, if we're if we're going off physical attributes, I'd we're say anything. Uh, maybe anything. Okay, anything. Yeah. Well, I think it's feature, my optimism. I mean, huh? Your optimism. I think I think it's I think it's my optimism. If we're going off of music, uh, we haven't really had too many features, but we definitely have worked with artists from different bands, yeah. and um, I think. Logan Broth from uh, Trap Rabbit is like one of my favorite uh, collaboration uh, guys. They, they're actually like my favorite Philadelphia band. So, okay. Um, but if we're going off of attributes, I think my smile. So we got <laughs> personality, optimism, <laughs> and I think that I have a decent smile. Okay. And a healthy, a healthy dose of modesty as well. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack, my best feature uh, would be, you know, here comes the ego right here. Okay, you know, I just just list them off. Right, looks, charm, <laughs> humor. Uh, you could tell I'm a very humble guy. No, I'm, I thought you were talking uh, about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, stop talking yeah, about uh, me. No, that's, see, that, <laughs> We're talking about sure. no, seriously, <laughs> Bernard, you're looking great over there. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think uh, when it comes down to it, I, I just want to um, do the best job I can do every day and get better and uh, yeah, look yeah, at myself. Yeah. And so that's your that's your best feature. That's my best feature: being able to self reflect. You know. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. Right. So the second question is one I really like to ask. Um, would you rather travel back in time to meet your ancestors or to the future to meet your descendants? Uh, Jack, I'll let you go first. Uh, I'm going to the future. Uh, you know, I just feel like if I travel back in time, there's a lot of, you know, what what's going on? I mean, what are they doing? You know, I mean, what, what you know, I mean, there's no, nothing there, you know. Uh, go to the future, though. See what happened. 
uh, you know, see the kids or something like that, yeah. see the grandkids. I don't know. That'd be, that'd be cool. But going back in time, I don't know. Like, I can imagine, like, me traveling back to, like, Ireland and, like, you know, just poverty-stricken homes and things like that. And I'm just like, hey, guys, I'm from the future. This is what I... This is how it worked out for you. It's like, nah, that's weird. I'll go to the future and just... You know. Yeah. So your ancestors are from Ireland? Uh, Ireland and Scotland. You know. Oh, wow. That must be great. That's where I'm from. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know anyone from Ireland or Scotland right now. Personally, I'm, I'm American, you know. Yeah. But uh, when it comes down to it, yeah, I guess that's where I'd be going. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, the, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I'm originally from Scotland, so, uh, and um, I think there's not very much there but poverty and uh, grayness. Yeah. But anyway, been, yeah, beautiful place to go to. So we're going to move on to Rob. Oh, yeah, you know, for me, I, I would probably want to go to the future as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but there, there, that's not such a, uh, a easy um, question or question to answer, I guess, because I do want to know what life is like for my family. So I, I, if I could have a conversation mm-hmm. um, or, or just even just be the fly on the wall of, you know, a couple generations back, that would be amazing for me just to know the house that my grandparents grew up in and what my great grandparents yeah. were like i would love to hear that cuz I, I my my grandfather on my mother's side uh is one of 14 plus children so <laughs> knowing what and they lived on the they grew up on the farm so yeah farm life and i live in the city <laughs> the city yeah, yeah. so i i would love to see that contrast yeah, I mean, uh, do they do they live in the north or in the south uh, of the states? Uh, they they they're in the north. Uh, there's a Avondale. Uh, it's not that far from it, Avondale, Pennsylvania. It's not that far from um, Philadelphia, but they migrated during the '60s to the city. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah. So you're both. Um, but I would love to go to the future. To I don't know if I'm going to have children yet, um, but. I would love to see what the future is like. So if I could even just go to the future, period. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good enough for me. Good enough for me. And, uh, you know, pick up some tips on, you know, what stocks to invest in. Oh, that would be the least of my worries. <laughs> I would be trying to, like, figure out, like, what new games are out. Uh, <laughs> you know? Whether peace Come on, you got to... Yeah, you'd be like Biff from Mar- from uh, yeah. Back to the Future. You yeah, know? you got yeah. you got to you got to steal the games. You got to bet, you gotta bet on yeah. the uh... <laughs> bet on the games, man. Yeah, bet on the games. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's say we're going into the future, and it's time for you to be buried. Which band or artist, dead or alive, would play at your funeral? Uh, I, I would. <laughs> I was thinking of George, George Cl- uh, Clinton, P Funk. Yeah. Uh, the Parliament. I'm a big fan of them, and I think that that was more bang for your buck. But it'd be a big party if I if I die. I I, I still believe this, but I, I tell my friends this from time to time. Um, when I die, I want it to be a celebration, and so I was thinking of like a New Orleans style. Are you familiar with New Orleans <laughs> style funerals? I've but the only one I've ever seen, and maybe it's really corny, is the one in Live or Let Die. Yeah, yeah, New Orleans style um, funerals. It's a big celebration. Yeah, so yeah. If you can imagine people marching on the streets yeah. with horns and yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone dancing. Um, that's that's sort of how I want to go out. 
Um, but I don't want to be buried. So this is the joke that I, I always say, but I'm kind of semi-serious about it. Yeah. I want to be cremated and I want my ashes to be turned into diamonds or rare stones of some sort. And I want a shaman to imbue my essence into those diamonds. And I want to make jewelry. And I want that to go to all of my friends and family so they can summon me uh, like Captain Planet when they need me. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, that's a cool one. I mean, how how cool would that be? You could you could have a nice little necklace and say, "Rob, I need your I need you to help me right now." <laughs> I can see Jack's going. That way, don't you give know, me one I of those diamonds. Future, if I go to the future, my my friends and family could always you know summon me when they need me. I could see the future. I'm like, oh, shoot, that's the that's the way in. Yeah, yeah, Bernard, that's the way in. That's the way in. Okay, you see Jack. the future. <laughs> Everybody move on to Jack. Um, Who's your? Well, well, yeah, Rob. If you're making diamonds, give me the biggest one. But um, <laughs> I'm gonna say I would get UB40 to play Red Red Wine mm-hmm. on repeat for like hours. Like, yeah, yeah. and it's not just yeah, because I would just you know people would be coming up and like, hey, can we turn this song off? Can you like play <laughs> another song? And it's like, no. Um, he requested that we were gonna play Red Red Wine. Um, and I want them to just like fade in and out as a complete, just utter joke because I want <laughs> Jack, people you to, could to be like, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> and, and, you know, I want people to be like, you know, going up to the band, like play another song. And then after about five or six times after being that annoyed, I think people will start laughing about it. Like, cause it, it kind of will probably draw on sanity. Um, and then they're just going to keep playing it just nonstop. You're going to hear red, red wine nonstop. So yeah, that's. <laughs> You know, yeah, they'll they'll get it. They'll, they'll get, get it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So from red, red wine, we're going to move on to Betsy. Uh, which oh, is there next. we go. That's a great segue. Yeah. See, I'm I'm getting good at this. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go from the future to the present, or the, the very near past. Um, and uh, it's funny you were saying about the uh, the horns in you know, this New Orleans thing because that's how this song starts with this. Long mm. brass section, yes. which is something yes. that really, yeah. uh, uh, really, really attracted me to this this song. So, give me a bit of a background on the on the song and what it means, and then how you made it, how you came up with it. I I don't remember how we conceptualized the song, but Betsy is actually a name of a childhood car uh, that uh, I grew up having. So we named our we named all our cars and. Um, Betsy was a Jeep. And one day uh, my car broke down and I was very sad about it. And I actually had a conversation with my car and I was like, Betsy, you know, I'm the transmission blew. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to get a new transmission for you. And uh, this is goodbye. And I kind of just salvaged it and got some money from it but i was really sad and, and to this day i i do want another jeep but i'm i've been really sad about betsy so i think some of that came into the the inspiration when the writing process came it was like betsy you know you're more than a blessing i love you but i gotta leave and then it morphed into uh a classic tale of 
you know, unrequited love or falling out of love. Yeah. Yeah, because that's how I read it. You know, it's it starts off with this. It's it, there's a real twist in the whole story <clears throat> because you start off with this love for a person you're not worthy of that person. That's how it sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You're more than a blessing, and uh, where every time I've let you down, you've come. You know, and then it ends up with like I don't love you anymore. You know, I don't love you, and it's like oh, all right. Um, what's the switch? I think it's one of those things where you you are so sad about having to let go and having to tell someone no and, and then they are confused just as much as you so then you say mean things or you say anything to get them to break off make it easier for them to want to break off as well you know because uh sometimes in in relationships you know you hear uh you, you hear well no i mean can't we just work it out and this and that it's like no you took my took my favorite shirt you do you always every time i try to let you go it ends up us getting back together you know i don't want you back i'm not coming back and that's it and that's me putting my foot down for you because you will allow me to come back and be toxic in your life again and so i know i realize that i'm not the best fit for you and i'm doing everything that i can to make sure that you are easier to, to let go as well. You're being cruel to be kind. There you go. There it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you say it like that, it sounds like there's also kind of an auto, not just about a car. It's also about a particular person or several different types, seven different peoples. So where's that come from? Because yeah. that's it's not just about a car. Yeah, I, I, I feel like maybe this song um, I can relate to personally. Sometimes when we write songs, it might just be about putting ourselves in character mm-hmm. to a situation or, you know, writing with the feel of uh, a scorned woman, for example. But uh, this one, I think that I might have had personal, you know, breakups where I was like, you know what, I'm not good for this person. And it's maybe nothing wrong with them or maybe we're not have any particular problems, you know, but I realized that I am holding them back from growing. And, you know, maybe that might have been a little bit of, you know, getting that out there as well. And in what way would you be holding them back? I'm, I'm, I guess maybe the, the path, directional path that they're going versus the directional path of a, of a musician or a singer you know, might be completely different. And they say, oh, I want to do this. And like, well, I want to do that. And we can't come to terms with the way that we're living. So, you know, I had to leave you. Yeah. So you're basically, what you're saying is your uh, artistic life or ambitions are actually the most important uh, part of your life. And the person that is in your life has to fit in with that. So you're not going to compromise on your artistic integrity because of the relationship you're in. Uh, yeah, but not 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 uh, particularly uh, personally for this song. Yeah. Uh, it it just could be inspired by that for sure. But uh, yeah, that that does not necessarily hold uh, any merit for me in my in my personal life. Yeah. Rob is trying to say chicks dig musicians. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. <laughs> and, 
chicks dig musicians than yeah. uh, you know, baby. You know, I mean, that's you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. a thing. To sum it up. It's quite interesting when you say that you would be toxic for somebody. I think that's quite a unique self-perception because most people mm-hmm. would say, yeah, you're toxic for me. But when you turn it around and say, I'm actually, I'm toxic for somebody else, then that's insightful. Right, absolutely. I do, I do believe that. I believe that, um, you know, sometimes you have to recognize when you're the bad guy, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you're not at the place of, I guess, either mentally or spiritually uh, with them, and you might be bringing them down a bad path, you know. And luckily for me in my personal life, I don't have anything crazy. But there, there are tons of people out there that are going through relationships just like that, you know, where they recognize they might have some type of issue, and they're like, "Thank God, my partner is staying with me yeah. <laughs> through this," you know, because I'm a crazy dude, you know. But I. For that song, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a toxicity in there. So how did that translate into the song? You know, you've got, so you've got this toxic element that you want to try and express through uh, a song. And how, what are the elements in that toxicity that are, appear in the song? I think, I think it, it starts off with the, the verse, like, last night uh, happened uh, so, te- you know, last night happened to go so terribly wrong. Um, and I was thinking more of a situational type of thing. Well, maybe, you know, we were going out on a date. Maybe you you had, uh, you know, some really great expectations of the night or the, and it was a big letdown. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was, it, it went into old ways and uh, it was say, reiterating, this is every, you know, this is not, uh, this is a reoccurring theme in our our relationship is every time we try to have a good time, it all turns out to be a bad time from my expense, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, this, this, this is some toxic stuff that I'm doing, you know? I'm just doing some bad things. You're always uh, ruining it, Betsy. You're always I'm ruining, ruining it. it. <laughs> well, I'm always ruining it. And, uh, you know, Betsy, you, you should just go because yeah. I'm not going to get any better. I'm kind of going to be the guy that I am and uh, I don't know how to change at this yeah. point. We might have went down this rabbit hole so deeply that I don't think that I could ever change uh, to be the person that you need right now, you know? Yeah. So you, you start out with good intentions huh? and basically somewhere along the way it turns sour. You know, right. And that's also the, the kind of the story that you're telling in bit in, in this song. Right. Well, you you know, um, so when you're have have you ever, Bernard, been in a relationship where your partner loves to wear your clothes? No. But, well okay. uh, no, not not really. Okay, well and, and it's it's a com I guess it's a common thing. <laughs> I thought it was oh it was a common thing that um, you know, women they like to wear your your clothes, uh, your, maybe your T-shirt, maybe they're staying over and they and they wear something of yours, and they keep it because they like the scent yeah. of you on it, uh, or you know maybe it's just comfy. It's an oversized yeah. T-shirt, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know I have found myself in quite many. I I feel like I every time I do a wardrobe change, it's because I've lost so many T-shirts or 
close to different women who uh-huh. I left it over their house or, you know, they, they wore it, you know, cause they didn't have anything else to wear. You know, they stayed the night and they're like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to wear this t-shirt. And then they just never give it back. Rob you know? has so I have lost some favorite t-shirts. Rob has been steadily losing his favorite t-shirt his entire life. <laughs> <laughs> he, he can't. He can't hold on to his favorite T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So all my favorite I things. That, uh, yeah. Yeah. You. You. I. I. I definitely have a couple of favorite T-shirts that are out of my life. Yeah. 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 We're good. Mm. We're going. Um, well, usually it happens to me. The uh, I've been married for quite a long time. It happens to me the other way around that uh, favorite T-shirts disappear into the bin. The great beyond. I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to lose the weight so I can wear it again. Okay, (laughs) give me time. You got to give me like four or five years to lose that weight, and then I'm going to have my favorite T-shirt that I've had my entire life. You know, Uh, usually because they end up with holes or you know, like uh, completely washed out. But anyway, that's a whole different. uh, That's funny. Yeah. (laughs) It's a whole different story, but yeah. Well, you know, I'll, I'll check with you maybe in ten years when I'm married, and I'm, we'll have the t-shirt conversation again. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, cool. Bernard, I sympathize with you. I'm losing my t-shirts. <laughs> I wish I could lose my t-shirts and know they're still out there somewhere. And yeah, uh, yeah, somebody else. At least is they're wearing... being enjoyed by someone. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so when you uh, so when you wrote this song, I mean, how many how many guys are in the band? Uh, um, when, on, on this album, uh, yeah. we have five people together in our band who played the the whole album. Yeah. So, two guitars, uh, uh, vocals, bass, and drums. Okay, so who's playing the trumpet? And then, actually, uh, my roommate uh, currently, Rick. His name is Rick Ryan. He's an amazing composer, and he uh, did all of the composition for the horns in our album. Okay, and uh, there's, so there's more than just a trumpet. There's a trombone, I think, in there somewhere. Trombone and I think a saxophone as yeah, well. Yeah, and they're yeah, all on sax. Hmm? Yeah, we have a sax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. so, so our core band, yeah, our core band is five members. Yeah, and then uh, we had keys and horns uh, added on. Yeah, okay, but you did, and you, you hired the session musicians to play those. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You don't play those yourself, okay. And did you uh, uh, did you record this all yourselves, or did you go to a studio? Or uh... mm-hmm. yeah, we we uh, we recorded at, at a studio. Um, what's the the name of? This? I'm drawing a blank, Jack. So we recorded the album over a period of time. We recorded at the Gradwell House. It's in Gradwell New Jersey. House, yeah. yeah, the Gradwell mm-hmm. House is in New Jersey. Um, we recorded a lot of, you know, a lot of it was getting drums and bass down there. Um, you know, we, you want drums for the room yeah. and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it, it's a great studio. I mean, the board, you know, the boards that they have there, uh, the rooms themselves, it, it, you know, it was a great find. So we, and I think at there, the time of us recording, they were brand new. They were like maybe relatively less than a year new. in. Yeah. And, uh. James White's Carver uh, recorded our album for the most part. Um, and Studios? Yeah, Blix YZ Studios. Um, and 
it, we recorded it there. Rick recorded horns himself and sent mm-hmm. us, you know, the the tracks to, you know, drop into the overall tracks. A lot of the guitars and things like that were recorded at um, James's house. He's okay. got like a little studio set up. Um, but essentially, you know, a lot of the time when you're recording, it's, you know, who is behind the board or whoever it is, you know, you yeah. want good guys recording you who know what, you know, you want to portray yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I think a lot of things fell in line. I think we had a lot of, um, we, we had the best musicians in Philadelphia, um, mm. you know, at their positions, you know, with the horns, uh, with keys, we had, you know, Logan, um, I mean, you know, when it comes down to what we, and we had great minds behind the album and I think that's why it all came out so great. And that's why Betsy, I think sounds so great too. We had a lot of great people on there. Yeah. I mean, you have a whole mix, a whole, uh, you have, did you hire a producer or did you produce the songs yourselves? Right. James mean, we, White Carver, I guess, like kind of acted as uh, our engineer, but he also did a lot of producing um, with, you know, getting uh, with ideas and, and coming up with uh, vocal uh, takes as well. Like, yeah. hey, you sing it this way. I like the way that this sounds. So, hey, can you sing these notes and, you know, do that? Uh, so, yeah, uh, we, wrote the whole album ourselves and we were pretty much just tracking stuff in the studio. Yeah. And then later on, we were punching in things that we missed. So that's when the production kind of, you know, came in. Is this your first album? First full length, yeah. Yeah. And and have you worked with a producer before or is this the first time? No. Yeah. We're just... uh, just, Yeah. not so much. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we haven't worked. We produce. We produce a lot of things ourselves too. I mean, yeah, we know what we want. Um, yeah, right. When we write these songs, I, I I write a lot of the the structures for the songs. So when I'm writing guitar, I'm really in my head writing horns and things like that. I I know what should be there. I know, you know, the overall grand scope of things yeah, should yeah, be. Yeah, 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 and yeah. we all do. So it's it's all joint effort. I that's why I say like we have a lot of great minds on, you know, Rob knows what it should sound like, Brandon our bass player, uh he's a good head and he knows, you know, what should go and what shouldn't. But um, you know, it, it's just basically keeping a song simple but entertaining yeah. and allowing the the free spots to be filled mm-hmm. uh with other because I can as a guitar player do things a horn can i can't like yes can i can i mimic sounds and things like that sure but there's like a certain atmospheric layer that horns can get that i can't get as a guitar and when you add that to a song it and it depends on the song it you know every song doesn't garner it but um if you add that to a specific song you can really just make something amazing yeah yeah right uh, you know, when you come up with the idea for uh, a song, it's very different if you're trying to come up with an idea for a whole album. So did you have an idea what the the overall sound should be like uh, and then sort of sl- slot that into different sections of the songs? Or did you just come up with a whole bunch of songs and say, right, that's going to be an album? Well, we we did have, we do have a lot of other songs that I guess didn't make the album uh, per se, but uh, we we knew that these songs kind of fit and it could be attached to a concept, but it wasn't um, 
a thought out process like this is going to be a theme song themed album and these are the songs that we're going to write around that theme it, it was more of these are songs that fit with the same type of feel and and vibe so yeah primarily when we write songs um we try to write just good songs mm-hmm. uh we don't want to necessarily put a label on ourselves we want to make sure that we are and Rob and I have been writing songs together for over a decade. So this is a chemistry that we have that it's, we know how to write songs. This is what we've always wanted to do. This is what we've done. So when we write a song, we're trying to, you know, write a song that everybody wants to listen to, or most people would like to listen to, you know? Yeah. And when it comes down to it, I mean, we know what kind of sound we want to portray a lot of times. Uh you know, as you can hear with the album, I think a lot of things sound pretty cohesive. Mm-hmm. But you can tell there's just like, we write what we feel. And, you know, we just want to make sure that we're putting out great stuff. We want to, we just want to write great music, great songs, and have people just enjoy that, basically. Okay, so there's no higher purpose of uh, selling a message or something, just putting out what you yeah not for this album no not for this album no yeah but you know it's funny how um these songs do uh mesh together together cohesively so uh, there could be if you wanted to apply a theme i would love to hear the viewer's perspective of an album and see what takeaway they got from it because each song has its own personal theme and message to it so if they tie together in, in some type of way, I would love to hear, you know, yeah. what other people think on that. What did you get a sense that there was a concept to it, Bernard? Well, no, because it's funny, I, I think when I listen to Betsy, yeah, it has a very different feel to the rest. The rest is kind of uh, a bit, you know, a, a rock band. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Betsy has a bit more of a soulful feel to it. Uh, uh, but yeah, so it, it it struck me as actually being quite different to the rest of the songs on the album. It definitely stands out. It, it's funny that you pick Betsy because we rarely played Betsy live yeah. when we played live. Uh, just because it, like you said, the rest of the album is the rest of the album is very up tempo. Yeah, I mean, yeah. most of our songs are like at one fifty at least BPMs and. Um, and Betsy has more of like a Motown slower kind yeah. of feel with it. And, but we, when we would play Betsy live, we would get just, we would lose the crowd sometimes because when you're hitting people, I don't know. Yeah. Well, not lose the crowd. I mean, but like, it's definitely a switch from, you know, playing hard hitting, yeah. fast paced music yeah. and then pull it down and then you hit them hard again. You know, it's definitely. Yeah. So yeah. the, uh... people, people, people like Betsy. We always knew Betsy was going to be very much a studio song, though. Yeah. Um, because we don't, we don't necessarily take around the horn section with us at, when we play live, <laughs> and we play live with horns. But you know, I mean, things cost money, so it's yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And primarily, we're you know, we we do the rock thing. So, but yeah, Betsy. Um, and we love Betsy. It's a great song. Like you know, we we really enjoy it. We love how it is, but. You know, just it just didn't. People just didn't want to hear that live when we were playing all the other stuff. You know, kind yeah. 
I can understand why you wouldn't want to play it that way. You wouldn't play it live because it doesn't really match the rest. Right. It, but it, you know, it's funny because we have um, a song, Man Made Fire, yeah. that sort of starts off uh, kind of slow, like Betsy does. Yeah. And, and it hits hard at the end. So, so maybe you, you can't play multiple songs that are, you know, have that melodramatic feel when you're playing a live set, right? Yeah, but then the other thing is, the curious thing, and what I like about this kind of um, anomaly, I would call it, it's not an anomaly, it's another aspect of who you are as artists. Right, right. You know? Right. And I think people, in turn, certainly in the music industry, and you know, you get successful, that's your, you know, that's it. That you're, you know, that's your genre. That's you're your, one thing, you're you know? Yeah. And then when you start to mm-hmm. move away from that, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not you. That's, you know, it's, this is you. You're there. And, and right. people aren't like right. that, you know? It, it, yeah, it's true. And you know what? I think that, you know, like Jack, uh, you know, kind of mentioned that we never like to particularly put ourselves in a box when it comes yeah. to songwriting. Uh, there's, we started off uh, not making rock music. I think it would be more of a, a folk type of, yeah. you know, sound more than anything Americana. But uh, it kind of meshed in. in t- I love, uh, I love country music. Yeah. Uh, I love the well. I love the concept of country music. I love storytelling, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. love taking the journey down. A, a particular road, so to speak, or a path, and you know, getting down to real ideas uh, of what it, what it is to be uh, vulnerable in a really, yeah. you know, and and a lot of our songs have been about relationships or relations in some in some context. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I would love to make uh, songs that are more popular. Or or more R and B uh, style, or um, funk, or, or or whatever. As, as long as people don't say that's a rock band and that's all that they're, you know, this is what I like them for, and this is all they can do. You know, I want people to hear us in different contexts because they're like, yeah. wow, they, I love that song. It kind of sounds poppy, but it's definitely them. If they have an aesthetic to their sound that is noticeable. So when you're talking about aesthetics, because aesthetics aren't just the sound. I mean, you also have a, a right. kind of an image and a, a presence right. apart from exactly. the sound. So how have you gone about establishing that? I think that um, my voice, for one, is uh, is definitely unique. And, and most people, most times when I talk to people, they say, I don't think I've heard a singer that sounds exactly like you. Mm-hmm. And you, your vocals definitely step out um, that, that someone's like, oh, that's Rob. You know, yeah. I want someone to know right away from hearing me who I am. Uh, but the, with Jack's writing and, the, and the, just the way his style uh, of um, his choices for sound with his guitar and us together, I think that it's it's something that you would you would look out for and say, oh, I know that's Peace and City Grease because it has this crunch to it yeah. and paired with those vocals, you know. 
Yeah. And, you know, so if I go to Jack, I mean, do you have a kind of a signature guitar sound? So if it's coming to like using gear and things like that, uh, I, I, I kind of switch it up. I, I love using a Gibson Les Paul, you mm-hmm. know, to get that Gibson Les Paul sound. Yeah. I have a Telecaster though. And I'm, you know, I love using the Telecaster. It depends on the song and what you need. I do like my favorite guitar player. All right. Before I, the greatest guitar player of all time, and it's undisputed, and I'm just saying it right now, it's Jimmy Page. Okay. Jimmy Page, Led Zeppelin. No, I was about to. I was about to refute you when you were going to say Hendrix, but uh, you're right. Jimmy Page. Oh, no, no. Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page. Number one. Yeah. All right. Number one. My my favorite guitar player is Omar Rodriguez Lopez of the Mars Volta. Yeah, yeah. So I love what Jimmy Page is all and you know, when you're talking about Jimmy Page, you're talking about a guy who could get a lot of different sounds. Yeah. Um he could get the sounds that he wanted to, whatever. Um Omar Re- Rodriguez Lopez, very much the same thing. Um, but you can you you get I don't know, like I love to just like throw on the gain and just, you know, go yeah. as a guitar player. But every right. song does not necessitate that. I might have yeah. to pick up the acoustic guitar and do that, or we're going to play a cleaner Fender, you know, tone on this one. Yeah, um, it's all about you know servicing the song. You got to serve the song, so that's my goal. I can't put my finger on it, but when I hear Jack play, and maybe it's just because I've I've um, played with him so much, but if I if you could do a blind test with me and have Oh, it doesn't matter how many guitar players you could put a, a hundred guitar players in a room, a thousand guitar players in a room, and I hear them play within like two notes. I know who which one is Jack. Hopefully, that's a good thing. Usually, <laughs> and, and, and usually, I'll, and you know how I know because the string will pop somewhere. Pop. You'll hear, oh, I broke a string. That's not a good thing. Uh, <laughs> so. No, it's okay. No, no. But I said Jack. Jack has a heavy. Jack like. But um, okay, so I was watching a, uh, what's his name, um, Booty Collins talk about how the the the, the one beat, the bass line like boom, yeah, he like emphasized the one so much with funk music, and with Jack, it's sort of. A similar thing, the way that he hits the one on almost every song that we play, or just when writing, it, it kind of reminds me of like a funk type of style, mm. which I don't see that many people doing when it comes to guitar riffs and uh, melodies. Yeah, I'm not, and that's like you're, it's my dad's a bass player. My dad's been playing bass for. 50 years mm-hmm. um i joke sometimes i probably should have been a bass player i love guitar though and when i play guitar and i know you know my primary job again is to write the rhythm section or the guitar riff that's going yeah. to get people's attention and i try to be um you know i try to set the groove and i like i said when it comes to writing you know i'm not just writing guitar i'm writing a groove i'm writing a lot of things that are supposed to so, but I know exactly what video you're talking about, Rob. And yeah, I, I try to, um, I try to almost kind of play a bass line in my guitar to make sure that, you know, it's, stru- there's more structure. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, and, um, and I combine like rock with right. funk. Yeah. It's not, 
it's not like your typical slinky chord funk stuff. So right, yeah. Okay, and well, let's uh, bring it back to Betsy. Is there a part of that song that I could play that you would say that is the Jack Malcolm signature sound? Okay, yeah. Once it starts getting heavy, so yeah. you when when I when it starts like uh, the t- the favorite T shirt line when you hear those hits, yeah, down 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 that whole build up. That's classic Jackie Ooze at his in his element, you know. After this album, um, what's new? What's coming up for Peace in the City, Grace? Right. What's the word on the street? So right now, we've just been writing. Uh, we've been uh, meeting up when we can and um, you know, trying to do the Zoom thing with the, the, the quarantine mm-hmm. uh, still uh, going on. But uh, we have a lot of songs that um we have written that we'd probably like to form into an album or maybe even an ep or or something to to release those songs as well and then to start forming some new songs that we could turn into a project uh so there there is potential to be a second album coming out okay uh and then i would love to you know do something with this album as well maybe do the tour that we never did or uh the, the the sky's the limit right now. Uh, I, but right now we can't play live, so there's sort of a uh, a, a longing to, to get out there yeah. on stage again. I think. Yeah, and I mean, are there any specific things where you think, okay, this is definitely coming up in the near future where we can, you know, that we can pick up on and any say particular songs or anything? Um, I don't, I don't think so. What do you think, Jack? No really too much i mean just because the live scene is yeah non-existent right now um and you know we had we had things booked but we of course everything just got canceled so uh look for a new piece in the city greece album uh by next year we're working on that so really you know 2022 is when we're gonna you know release another full length anticipated um so be on the lookout for that okay cool and um in the meantime, is there uh, any other ways that you're trying to earn money, like merchandise or uh, Patreon or something that that can also people can also hate, you know, latch onto? Yeah, no, definitely. no, but I would, I would love for <laughs> yes, people no? to check out. <laughs> yes, well, yes. So we do have merchandise still. Um, if you if you if you would like to go uh, to peaceinthecitygreece.com, um, that is our website. Um, and you can also, you know, email us at peace in the city, Greece at gmail.com. I'm sure you'll put all the links yes, in yeah. the, uh, the message. Um, but yes, uh, we, we are, you know, again, in the process of writing and, you know, we're going to, we're going to have some live shows where we're going to, you know, it's going to be more acoustic stuff, but, uh, you know, be on the lookout for that stuff too. We're going to start doing that a little bit more. And, uh, you know, of course you can hit us up on what we have Venmo and things like that, but 
we'll make that you know relevant when it happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, but you're on Facebook and Instagram and all the usual channels. Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, everything. Everything. That, you yeah. Know, your heart desires. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing is, you know, you type in peace and the city grease and. You're probably going to hit all of those links. It's uh, quite a yeah, distinctive just, name. Yeah. Okay. And so to finish off, um, I'd like to ask both of you for a new favorite song. What are Rob and Jack listening to at the moment that everybody else should be listening to? Uh, so so right now, uh, Logan uh, Roth, who's the piano player for um, a, a lot of our songs on our album, uh, is is one of my favorite piano players in the city, and uh, he's in a two man uh, band uh, with drums and piano and keys, and they're just they're all over the place with like just they're so eclectic and they're 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 one of the tightest bands that I, I've ever seen in Philly. Um, they just came out with an album uh, or or a song. Oh, so it's, uh, time it's called Time. But uh, yeah, Trap Rabbit, I've been listening to that on repeat. It came out uh, a week ago, and it's just it's just nasty. Track Rabbit. And it's all, it's, it's a trap, trapped, T-R-A-P. And um, yeah, they, they, uh, they, they put out steady music, but they have a couple uh, EPs out, and all their EPs are instrumental fire. They're yeah. amazing. So that's what I've been listening to. Uh, I have them in my car. (laughs) If I could throw one out, too. uh, We have uh, Domini. Uh, Domini is a band. uh, Our our drummer, actually, is in Domini as well. Um, And they just released a song called um, Denim Venom. Oh, I got to check it out. It's it's, it's, it's a really good track. Uh, James White's Carver recorded it, too. uh, The guy who recorded our album. So... Uh yeah, Domini is their name D O M I N Y. Okay, yeah, God, Domini. And uh, only remains for me to say uh, thank you very much again to uh, to Rob and Jack for your time and their patience. And thank you, Bernard, for having us on. Thank you, Bernard. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You come away with an appreciation of the creative process and, more importantly, found your new favorite song. All of the songs featured in the show are on our Spotify playlist, the Enron's New Favorites, and you can find all the links mentioned in the podcast in the show notes below. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please hit the subscribe button. You can support us to keep the podcast independent and ad-free by signing up to our Buy Me A Coffee page. This can be a one-off donation for the price of a cup of coffee, or a monthly subscription for less than a cup of coffee per week. Our monthly subscribers get access to our private Discord channel where you can hang out with other fans of independent music and us, of course. Next week, I'll be talking to Bo Liebman of TheIndieReview.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best new artists and songs across all genres. For this show, we will be doing a first reaction section with first-time listens and feedback to four indie bangers. Thanks for listening and see you next week.